The Last Battle by C.S. Lewis Chapter 1 by Cauldron Pool In the last days of Narnia, far up to the west, beyond Lantern Waste, and close beside the great waterfall, there lived an ape. He was so old that no one could remember when he had first come to live in those parts, and he was the cleverest, ugliest, most wrinkled ape you can imagine. He had a little house built of wood and thatched with leaves up in the fork of a great tree, and his name was Shift. There were very few talking beasts or men or dwarfs or people of any sort in that part of the wood, but Shift had one friend and neighbor who was a donkey called Puzzle. At least they both said they were friends. But from the way things went on, you might have thought Puzzle was more like Shift's servant than his friend. He did all the work. When they went together to the river, Shift filled the big skin bottles with water, but it was Puzzle who carried them back. When they wanted anything from the towns further down the river, it was Puzzle who went down with empty panniers on his back and came back with the panniers full and heavy. And all the nicest things that Puzzle brought back were eaten by Shift. For as Shift said, You see, Puzzle, I can't eat grass and thistles like you. So it's only fair I should make it up in other ways. And Puzzle always said, Of course, Shift. Of course, I see that. Puzzle never complained, because he knew that Shift was far cleverer than himself, and he thought it was very kind of Shift to be friends with him at all. And if ever Puzzle did try to argue about anything, Shift always said, Now, Puzzle, I understand what needs to be done better than you. You know you're not clever, Puzzle. And Puzzle always said, No, Shift, it's quite true. I'm not clever. Then he would sigh and do whatever Shift had said. One morning, early in the year, the pair of them were out walking along the shore of Cauldron Pool. Cauldron Pool is the big pool right under the cliffs at the western end of Narnia. The great waterfall pours down into it with a noise like everlasting thunder, and the river of Narnia flows out on the other side. The waterfall keeps the pool always dancing and bubbling and churning round and round as if it were on the boil. And that, of course, is how it got its name of Cauldron Pool. It is the liveliest in the early spring when the waterfall is swollen with all the snow that has melted off the mountains from up beyond Narnia in the western wild from which the river comes. And as they looked at Cauldron Pool, Shift suddenly pointed with his dark, skinny finger and said, Look, what's that? What's what? said Puzzle. That yellow thing that's just come down the waterfall. Look, there it is again. It's floating. We must find out what it is. Must we? said Puzzle. Of course we must, said Shift. It may be something useful. Just hop into the pool like a good fellow and fish it out. Then we can have a proper look at it. Hop into the pool, said Puzzle, twitching his long ears. Well, how are we to get it if you don't, said the ape. But, but, said Puzzle, wouldn't it be better if you went in? Because, you see, it's you who wants to know what it is, and I don't much. And you've got hands, you see. You're as good as a man or a dwarf when it comes to catching hold of things. I've only got hoofs. Really, Puzzle, said Shift. I didn't think you'd ever say a thing like that. I didn't think it of you, really. Why, what have I so wrong? said the ass, speaking in rather a humble voice, for he saw that Shift was very deeply offended. 
All I, I meant was, wanting me to go into the water, said the ape. As if you didn't know perfectly well what weak chest apes always have and how easily they catch cold. Very well, I will go in. I'm feeling cold enough already in this cruel wind, but I'll go in. I shall probably die. Then you'll be sorry. And Schiff's voice sounded as if he was just going to burst into tears. Please don't, please don't, please don't, said Puzzle, half braying and half talking. I never meant anything of the sort, Shift. Really, I didn't. You know how stupid I am and how I can't think of more than one thing at a time. I'd forgotten about your weak chest. Of course I'll go in. You mustn't think of doing it yourself. Promise me you won't, Shift. So Shift promised, and Puzzle went cloppity-clop on his four hooves round the rocky edge of the pool to find a place where he could get in. Quite apart from the cold, it was no joke getting into that quivering and foaming water and Puzzle had to stand and shiver for a whole minute before he made up his mind to do it. But then Shift called out from behind him and said, Perhaps I better do it after all, Puzzle. And when Puzzle heard that, he said, No, no, you promised. I'm in now. And in he went. A great mass of foam got him in the face and filled his mouth with water and blinded him. Then he went under altogether for a few seconds, and when he came up again, he was in quite another part of the pool. Then the swirl caught him and carried him round and round, and faster and faster, till it took him right under the waterfall itself. And the force of the water plunged him down, deep down, so that he thought he would never be able to hold his breath till he came up again. And when he had come up, and when at last he got somewhere near the thing he was trying to catch, it sailed away from him till it too got under the fall and was forced down to the bottom. When it came up again, it was further from him than ever. But at last, when he was almost tired to death and bruised all over and numb with cold, he succeeded in gripping the thing with his teeth, and out he came, carrying it in front of him and getting his front hooves tangled up in it, for it was as big as a large hearthrug, and it was very heavy and cold and slimy. He flung it down in front of Shift and stood dripping and shivering and trying to get his breath back, but the ape never looked at him or asked how he felt. The ape was too busy going round and round the thing and spreading it out and patting it and smelling it. Then a wicked gleam came into his eye and he said, It's a lion's skin. Eeyaw, eeyaw. Oh, is it? gasped Puzzle. Now I wonder. I wonder. I wonder, said Shift to himself, for he was thinking very hard. I wonder who killed the poor lion, said Puzzle presently. It ought to be buried. We must have a funeral. Oh, it wasn't a talking lion, said Shift. You needn't bother about that. There are no talking beasts up beyond the falls, up in the western wild. Their skin must have belonged to a dumb, wild lion. This, by the way, was true. A hunter, a man, had killed and skinned this lion somewhere up in the western wild several months before. But that doesn't come into this story. All the same, Shift, said Puzzle, even if the skin only belonged to a dumb, wild lion, oughtn't we to give it a decent burial? I mean, aren't all lions rather, well, rather solemn? Because of, you know, who? Don't you see? Don't you start getting ideas in your head, Puzzle, said Shift. 
because, you know, thinking isn't your strong point. We'll make this skin into a fine, warm winter coat for you. Oh, I don't think I'd like that, said the donkey. It would look, I mean, the other beasts might think. That is to say, I shouldn't feel... What are you talking about? said Shift, scratching himself the wrong way as apes do. I don't think it would be respectful to the great lion, to Aslan himself, if an ass like me went about dressed up in a lion skin, said Puzzle. Now don't stand arguing, please, said Shift. What does an ass like you know about things of that sort? You know you're no good at thinking, Puzzle, so why don't you let me do your thinking for you? Why don't you treat me as I treat you? I don't think I can do everything. I know you're better at some things than I am. That's why I let you go into the pool. I knew you'd do it better than me. But why can't I have my turn when it comes to do something I can do and you can't? Am I never to be allowed to do anything? Do be fair. Turn and turn about. Oh, well, of course, if, if you put it that way, said Puzzle. I'll tell you what, said Chef. You'd better take a good, brisk trot down river as far as Chippenford and see if they have any oranges or bananas. But I'm so tired, Shift, pleaded Puzzle. Yes, but you are very cold and wet, said the ape. You want something to warm you up. A brisk trot will be just the thing. Besides, it's market day at Chippenford today. And then, of course, Puzzle said he would go. As soon as he was alone, Shift went shambling along, sometimes on two paws and sometimes on four, till he reached his own tree. Then he swung himself up from branch to branch, chattering and grinning all the time, and went into his little house. He found needle and thread and a big pair of scissors there, for he was a clever ape, and the dwarfs had taught him how to sew. He put the ball of thread, it was very thick stuff, more like cord than thread, into his mouth, so that his cheek bulged out as if he were sucking a big bit of toffee. He held the needle between his lips and took the scissors in his left paw. Then he came down the tree and shambled across to the lion skin. He squatted down and got to work. He saw at once that the body of the lion skin would be too long for Puzzle and its neck too short. So he cut a good piece out of the body and used it to make a long collar for Puzzle's long neck. Then he cut off the head and sewed the collar in between the head and the shoulders. He put threads on both sides of the skin so that it would tie up under Puzzle's chest and stomach. Every now and then, a bird would pass overhead, and Shift would stop his work, looking anxiously up. He did not want anyone to see what he was doing, but none of the birds he saw were talking birds, so it didn't matter. Late in the afternoon, Puzzle came back. He was not trotting, but only plodding patiently along, the way donkeys do. There weren't any oranges, he said, and there weren't any bananas. And I'm very tired, he laid down. Come and try on your beautiful new lion skin coat, said Shift. Oh, bother that old skin, said Puzzle. I'll try it on in the morning. I'm too tired tonight. You are unkind, Puzzle, said Shift. If you're tired, what do you think I am? All day long while you've been having a lovely refreshing walk down the valley, I've been working hard to make you a coat. My paws are so tired, I can hardly hold these scissors. And now you won't say thank you. You won't even look at the coat, and you don't care. And, and, my dear Shift, 
said Puzzle, getting up at once. I am so sorry. I've been horrid. Of course, I'd love to try it on. And it looks simply splendid. Do try it on me at once. Please do. Well, stand still then, said the ape. The skin was very heavy for him to lift, but in the end, with a lot of pulling and pushing and puffing and blowing, he got it onto the donkey. He tied it underneath Puzzle's body, and he tied the legs to Puzzle's legs and the tail to Puzzle's tail. A good deal of Puzzle's gray nose and face could be seen through the open mouth of the lion's head. No one who had ever seen a real lion would have been taken in for a moment. But if someone who had never seen a lion looked at Puzzle in his lion skin, he just might mistake him for a lion, if he didn't come too close, and if the light was not too good, and if Puzzle didn't let out a bray and didn't make any noise with his hoofs. You look wonderful, wonderful, said the ape. If anyone saw you now, they'd think you were Aslan, the great lion himself. That would be dreadful, said Puzzle. No, it wouldn't, said Shiff. Everyone would do whatever you told them. But I don't want to tell them anything. But you think of the good we could do, said Shiff. You'd have me to advise you, you know. I'd think of sensible orders for you to give, and everyone would have to obey us, even the king himself. We would set everything right in Narnia. But isn't everything right already? said Puzzle. What? cried Shift. Everything right? When there are no oranges or bananas? Well, you know, said Puzzle, there aren't many people. In fact, I, I don't think there's anyone but yourself who wants those sort of things. There's sugar too, said Shift. Mm, yes, said the ass. It would be nice if there was more sugar. Well then, that's settled, said the ape. You will pretend to be Aslan and I'll tell you what to say. No, 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 said Puzzle. Don't say such dreadful things. It would be wrong, Shift. I may be not very clever, but I know that much. What would become of us if the real Aslan turned up? I expect he'd be very pleased, said Shift. Probably he'd sent us the lion skin on purpose so that we could set things right. Anyway, he never does turn up, you know. Not nowadays. At that moment, there came a great thunderclap right overhead, and the ground trembled with a small earthquake. Both the animals lost their balance and were flung on their faces. There, gasped Puzzle, as soon as he had breath to speak. It's a sign, a warning. I knew we were doing something dreadfully wicked. Take this wretched skin off me at once. No, no, said the ape, whose mind worked very quickly. It's a sign the other way. I was just going to say that if the real Aslan, as you call him, meant us to go on with this, he would send us the thunderclap and an earth tremor. It was just on the tip of my tongue. Only the sign itself came before I could get the words out. You've got to do it now, Puzzle. And please, don't let us have any more arguing. You know you don't understand these things. What could a donkey know about signs?